Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to Unruffled ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Strained peas and carrots, chicken fingers, or mac and cheese, they're convenient for your kids and yummy, I'm sure. But at the end of a hectic day, you deserve to reward yourself with something delicious and nutritious. I know you're thinking, lovely idea, but who has the time or energy to cook? I get that. With Factor, that's F-A-C-T-O-R, you get restaurant quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. No prep, no cooking, and no cleanup. Always fresh, never frozen. There are over 35 options each week to choose from, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, Keto, and more. They even have smoothies, wellness shots, and nutritious snacks. Plus, Factor meals are less expensive than takeout. So sign up, save, and treat yourself to the fine cuisine you deserve. Head to factormeals.com slash unruffled50 and use code unruffled50 to get 50% off. That's code unruffled50 at factormeals.com slash unruffled50 to get 50% off. Bon appetit. Like a lot of people, I grew up loving music from classic Disney films. In fact, my sisters and I used to perform plays for the neighborhood that were basically just us lip-syncing to Disney movie soundtracks. And when I was raising my own kids, I found that music could be a wonderful cure for afternoon doldrums, interactive entertainment for car rides, or whenever I had work to do. One of my kids even learned to read from following along on songbooks. When the music was on, I'd usually find myself dancing away, singing along, and sometimes we'd all break into a goofy, impromptu dance party. Disney Junior Hits is the official music playlist for songs from your favorite Disney Junior shows, and now it's easier than ever to access them. Just search for Disney Junior Hits, available wherever you stream your music. Hi, this is Janet Lansbury. Welcome to Unruffled. Michelle Kenny coaches parents who seek more calm and peace at home and want to move away from yelling, threats, and punishments into more connection. And as a self-described former yeller, recovering perfectionist, and reformed control freak, Michelle certainly understands the problems our punitive methods can cause and the solutions and also how to help others navigate the challenges of transforming their approach as she has done. I'm delighted to welcome her to share with us today. Michelle hosts the popular parenting podcast, Peace and Parenting, and she's the author of an insightful new book, Unpunished. Hi, Michelle, welcome to Unruffled. Hi, Janet, thank you for having me. It's so nice to be here. It's really nice to meet you this way. You have a book, a new book out called Unpunished. And is that your first book? Yep. It's my first book. So often we talk about the how in terms of parenting without punishments, gentle parenting, respectful parenting, conscious parenting, but we don't often talk as much about the why. And that's what I wanted to get into because you've had experience where you were punishing your children, right? Yeah. I was a teacher. And um, way back when, when I became a teacher, we really learned like to reward and punish our, our students. And when my kids weren't behaving, my oldest especially, I thought, oh, I'll just reward and punish her. And then she'll just whip into shape. And uh, that didn't work. She was not having it. And so we struggled for a long time before I finally decided that I needed to change things. Can you talk about how you realized it wasn't working and what the effects were that you were seeing in her? 
Yeah. So I think the tipping point, and I talk about this a lot, is that she and her sister, who are three years apart, they were probably like two and five or three and six, and they were in the pool. And my oldest took my youngest and held her under the pool water. And I had to dive in and get them both and get them out, all of us screaming and yelling and me terrified that something terrible was going to happen. And at that moment, I finally said, like, I have to change things because these are just kids and they're obviously not responding to the way in which I'm coming to them. So in that moment, I just said, I need I need to find something new. And I went on a rampage to change the way in which I was parenting them because I, I felt like we were on a really bad path. Did you feel like your older daughter was trying to get your attention with this kind of behavior, you know, like a unconscious call for help or uh, just, you know, I have all these feelings about having a sibling, which happens. As we know, there's a lot of feelings that that older child has to process around the situation. And if they don't feel safe to process them with us, then it just gets all bottled up inside them and it can become rage or sadness or, you know, the whole gamut of emotions. I think that was the beginning of it. I think she displayed with like aggression right away when she had a baby sister. And I think what exacerbated that aggression was my reaction to her aggression. So I started to really come down hard on her, you know, correcting and reprimanding and sending her to time out and like really coming down hard on her because of my own fear that she was going to hurt her sister. And then, you know, also tied into my own sibling relationship that wasn't very good growing up. And so I was in this place where if I didn't get it to stop, they were going to grow up and have a horrible relationship. So my own triggers. And I think she was playing out the relationship she and I shared on her sister, that she really was angry with me, but taking it out on Pia. Well, let's shoot back to before Pia then, when it was just, what's your older daughter's name? Esme. Esme. So when you had Esme and when she became a toddler and started to have pushback behavior or whatever you want to call it, so that's when you started using punishments with her? I did, but it was like, she didn't really push back. We had a pretty good relationship. She was able to follow directions and do as I asked and, you know, really fell into line, so to speak, right up until right before I had her sister. And so I didn't have a lot of experience with her really pushing the boundaries or trying out her own free will or anything until her sister came. That was really the precipitous of it. Well, what did you mean about your relationship, that she was acting out your relationship with her sister? I think after her sister was born, our relationship, mine and Esme's, changed. Right. And I really became more punitive with her and more aggressive and more corrective. And so I think that was really hard on Esme. You know, she didn't know what to do with those feelings. And she knew she couldn't get him out with me because I would just punish her. And so she was playing out that dysregulation, for lack of a better word, with her sister. That's what I thought. But then I thought maybe there was something in your relationship before that that you thought that she was expressing through her sister. Well, the situation that you have is, in my experience, very typical and instinctive, especially when you had a child who didn't show much resistance and everything was going along smoothly, and then you see this other side of them. I experienced this with both of my children in different ways, 
you see this other side to them and it scares you and it brings up all these feelings of your own sibling issues or whatever. It's so hard not to start bagging on that child or getting very stern with them because we're shocked, right? It's like, I never saw this side of you before. And it's a side that comes from a lot of fear, you know, and hurt on their end. But it's really hard to see that because they just, they can seem evil. Yeah. Like this loving, sweet, adorable kid who I, you know, love to the bottom of my heart is like pinching and squeezing and hitting my baby. And you think in your head, this has to stop. And I don't know what else to do. So I'm, I'm going to get aggressive. Yeah. Right. Then that taps into our fear. What have I created here? What's going on? And I think too, for me, when, um, when we brought Pia home, as said, the first day, she said, she has to go live with the neighbors because she's taking all my people. And I think in some instances, I felt like I've ruined my oldest daughter's life by bringing this baby into her life because she feels so displaced. And so I, I didn't know how to rectify it all in my head. She actually verbalized it? Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. That is, that's pretty amazing. I have two older sisters and one younger one. So I know what it's like to be the younger and the older. And when the oldest one, who was an intense, strong personality, when my mother came home and my mother had C-sections with all of us, so she was in the hospital for a bit. And when she came home with second older sister, the oldest one was only 15 months. And my mother said that she turned her head away from her. Like she just did this very deliberate I can't look at you with this baby. And yeah, it's so, it's so heartbreaking. Yeah. You know, I think that schism, it lasts. It doesn't really go away very quickly. There, it's right. a, it, That hurt is there. Yeah, because then you're seeing this baby being taken care of and, you know, all this physical attention and the nursing and, the you know, everything. You know, it's like a, a hurt that just keeps flaring up because it's right in front of you and what you were talking about there sounds like another thing that I remember feeling, which is our own sadness around the loss of that relationship that we had with the older child that was nice and smooth and we were a team. And and now, you know, we see their heartbreak or maybe we don't even recognize it as that. But on some level, we know that we've totally rocked their world. And, and it changes. Your relationship changes. I felt the change. I felt more distant from her because I was caring so deeply for her sister. Yeah. Well, you have to make room for that other person. And then we feel guilt around that. And that makes us even more reactive to the behavior, right? Because we're not really entirely regulated in how we're feeling. Yeah. And I think, you know, punishments play a big role in the sibling relationship, but I think they also they permeate, they're everywhere. They really affect everything in your parenting. I don't think it just stays in the sibling relationship, but it's, it feels like it's this hard thing that exists in every interaction that you have with your kids when you're using punishments. It's almost like you feel hardened toward them when you're using punishments. Can you describe that a little more, what that feels like or how that looks? When Esme was doing something that I didn't like, like being aggressive with her sister, and then I came down in this harsh manner, it almost put this wedge between us where I was like, no, you're wrong and you're bad and you're doing something wrong and bad and I'm going to punish you. I'm going to almost retaliate against you because you've done this thing. So it made me feel like I was less loving toward her. 
And the chasm gets bigger and bigger, right? Because then that's not working and then you're more frustrated and more angry and you feel more like that's an other instead of you. You're willing to hurt them emotionally. Yeah. Which is hard. And then that doesn't feel good to us. And then, you know, our feelings of guilt and just sadness and discomfort and the distance from this person that we used to be closer with. You know, even if we just started that with our first child when they became a toddler, we felt closer when they were an infant. And then now they're a toddler and they're saying no and they're not doing what we ask all the time. And they seem to not do things that we know they know how to do and just to spite us or whatever. But there's always a reason behind that uh, that isn't about spite. It's about their discomfort. 99% of the time it's coming from their own discomfort on some level. Right. And then we feel, oh, what happened to the baby that we used to be able to hug and snuggle and we had this bond with? It feels like it goes away, right? Or that it's being threatened. Yeah, it feels like it. you just become distant. You're not as close. You're not as connected. And so how did you see your way out of this? Well, I went to a school event like later that week and we were doing council in schools and we were being trained and we had to sit in circle and talk about our our kid. And I just started bawling because I was feeling so ashamed and I think, you know, stressed around my relationship with Esme. And this woman came up to me and she said, you should really check out hand in hand parenting. You should check out connective parenting. And I, she's like, I have a coach. And I was like, I don't really care who she is. Just please send her to my house. I can't do this anymore. And I was lucky enough to fall in love with that ideology. And that kind of started my journey into this world. So hand-in-hand parenting, that's Patty Whipfler. She's been around forever. And she knew, and I think studied also with my mentor, Magda Gerber. So yeah, we have a lot in common. And we actually, years back when we were first sort of online, we did some events together, but I haven't been in touch with her for a long time. But yeah, that approach is similar in many ways, especially in that it values and makes room for the the feelings a child has that are really what is driving their behavior. Yeah. So I became a, a certified instructor through her program and her ideology really is like all expression is valid and that embracing that helps a kid really offload the feelings that are getting stuck that create the behaviors like Esme had. And once I started letting Esme have big tantrums and being there for her, and understanding her and not punishing her, she totally changed. She became a whole new kid. And it was incredible. It was like, I was like, it was a drug to me. Like I was like, no, we need more tantrums. We need more connection. We need more everything because it was so profound. And how was it that Patty Whipler and Hand in Hand presented feelings that helped you to make that adjustment in your your own thinking? Because it sounded like you were thinking like most of us do, which is, Maybe my child is doing this on purpose, throwing a tantrum to get something from us. You know, it's manipulative or this is just another sign that we're bad parents. We should feel bad about this and we need to make it stop, stop, stop. You know, that's the focus that a lot of us have just innately is just you're upset. You're my child. I've got to stop you. I've got to make it stop. How did you make that transition? Because this process is different for each of us, recognizing that, oh, wait, These feelings are our friends. They're not our enemies or our problem to fix. There were a bunch of different things, but I think one of the most profound things, and I think what's different about hand-in-hand parenting is that you're deeply listened to as a parent. 
So when you feel that empathy that I never, ever encountered as a kid and didn't really encounter as an adult too much either, except for maybe by my therapist, when you really feel empathically listened to and that becomes something that you cherish yourself, you realize how to give it to somebody else and you realize the importance of it. So I think the receiving of it makes you able to give it and it helps you realize how deeply profound listening to anybody is. So when you go in the class, everyone's sharing and they're sharing their own experiences and everybody's listening to their feelings around what's going on with their child. Yeah. It's something called listening time and in one-on-one sessions and in, you know, group sessions, everyone's able to share and be heard. We don't fix, we don't really try to, you know, tell people too much what they need to do, but just kind of hold space. And so it's, it feels good as an adult to experience that. So they, they help you see how this is what your child needs to. Yeah. And when you give it to them, I think this is the other big piece is that I kept thinking, I can't sit there this one hour tantrum with my kid who's like spitting at me and kicking and hitting. This is insane and ridiculous. But I was like, I'm going to try it. And when they come through the other side and you see them calm and connected and feeling better and saying, I'm sorry, mommy, and hugging you and not leaving your side for the rest of the night, you're thinking to yourself, this worked. Like this helped my kid offload all this crap that was stuck inside of them that they needed to get out. And that's the gold about it, I think. I have great memories of Easter with my family. There were elaborate festive meals, coloring eggs, baskets of goodies nestled in that green plastic grass, elaborate hunts for treats, stuffed animals, and plastic eggs filled with little surprises. It was great fun and a great deal of work, especially for my mother. And inevitably, we'd forget something crucial or we'd have unexpected guests. These days, DoorDash has you covered. DoorDash has everything you need for Easter all in one app. Brunch or dinner groceries, flowers, basket, making materials, eggs, of course, food coloring, basically everything you need for a fantastic Easter, all delivered right to your door. Use code UNRUFFLED to get 50% off up to $10 when you spend $15 or more on your next convenience, grocery, or retail order on DoorDash. That's promo code UNRUFFLED. Order using DoorDash today. Term supply. By now, you know Ritual is a vitamin brand my family actually uses and trusts. We have for years. Most women have nutritional gaps in our diets. For instance, 97% of women ages 19 to 50 don't get enough vitamin D. I used to be in that group. Not anymore. Ritual's essential for women 18 plus multivitamin has made all the difference. Ritual multivitamins are soy and gluten-free, vegan-friendly, and made with high-quality, traceable ingredients. And no shady additives. With Ritual, you know what you're putting in your body. It's right there on the label. And if you like to do your own research... You can visit their website and find out how the ingredients are sourced, where, and why they're important. That's transparency. So when it comes to your vitamins, no more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com respect. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com respect for 25% off. I don't know about you, but I still feel when I'm helping a parent with a child or, you know, if it's my child, my children are all adults now, but it never goes away, this feeling that 
oh, this is bad. I got to fix this. This is a problem. And poor them. And I've got to talk them out of it. That still comes up for me, even though I've done this hundreds of times now. But I don't, (laughs) because once you've done it once or twice, like you have that memory of, oh, yeah, I remember what happened and it was the right thing to do. So just trust it, trust it, trust it. Just let it be, let it go. And it validates you again that that's the right thing to do. So, yeah, it's amazing. But to me, it's just so fascinating that it never goes away, those feelings of wanting it to stop. It must be some very primal, responsive feeling that we pass down generation to generation. It's so embedded in us, you know? Yeah. I also, too, think like nobody ever let me have feelings growing up. You know, if there were big feelings in the house, that was a bad thing. That that should not happen. That has to be squashed. And so I think I really brought that into my parenting. Like, there can't be bad feelings here. We're happy and that's the way it has to be. And I'm going to do whatever it takes to make sure that we're not, you know, having any upsets, that upsets are bad. Yeah. So we had that modeled to us. We we have not felt that for ourselves, that that's okay for us to have the feelings. I got to see my mother in action when I had a baby. Don't cry. Don't cry. It's okay. It's okay. Don't cry. That's my uh, mom. So you see her right in front of you. Oh, that's maybe why. <laughs> that could be part and then of this. Mainstream, you know, parenting still says, you know, shush the baby, you know, quiet the yeah. kid. Like that's still way in our ethos. I know we've come a long way, though, because when I first started sharing online and, you know, hand in hand was one of the few um, aware parenting, uh, Aletha Salter. She's another one that was a champion for allowing children to have their feelings, but it was not accepted. And we've come such a long way. People are writing whole books about feelings and making their whole professional profile about, you know, allowing kids to have their feelings. And I mean, I think that's fantastic. It gives me a lot of hope that we're on our way to this getting more and more accepted. Yeah, I think we are. You have obviously seen more, but I even see it in the last like few years, there seems to be a much bigger awareness around just being kind to your kids. You don't have to spank them. You don't have to punish them. And that's huge for our society. Yes, it is. And then there's also the backlash against that, that the pendulum is swinging too far the other direction. Uh, You're nice to your kids, but you never want them to feel bad about anything that you do or like make a boundary that they're going to react negatively to. I think people don't want to punish and don't want to yell and don't want to do these things, but they don't exactly know what else to do. So then they end up just maybe placating a lot or making sure everything's okay all the time. And you know, always trying to make their kids happy. And I think it's because they haven't quite figured out what to do instead, how to set the limit and allow the feelings, how to have the boundary and be okay with it. They haven't quite got to that place. Right. And sometimes that's a positive because they went this far and there's just a little more work to do. Yeah, I think so. Is that what you find with the parents that you work with? Yeah, I think I there's, you know, a couple of different camps. There's a camp of, of parents that they want to do the right thing. They just don't know how to how to have a kind, calm, loving, empathic boundary. The only thing they know from their past is to be harsh. So in, in default, they do nothing. And I get that. I totally get that. And it's just a it's a it's an easy fix, really. Yeah. We're afraid that that harsh part inside of us is gonna pop out. You know, then we're just sort of ambivalent and 
that makes children uncomfortable, obviously. I know. And yeah, it, it is tough. And so I think that's also why the gentle parenting world gets a lot of backlash is because we see this group of people maybe out there who don't quite understand the boundary piece. And so many people are like, well, that's permissive. Yeah, which I think it, it definitely can be. It can be very much so. Can you talk a little about your, you brought up before your sibling dynamic that you had as a child, because I think that plays in very much to how we feel with these sibling behaviors and how we react to them and the triggers that we might have. Mm -hmm. I grew up in a house that was, you know, pretty punitive and shaming and except for my parents, they really had this like hands-off approach with siblings, which we I see often like just let them figure it out kind of thing. And so what ended up happening is that I was the older, stronger-willed child. And so I won every fight. I was in charge of everything. And I basically just squashed my sister. And so she, of course, hated me for it. And we had this really terrible relationship growing up. Now, since then, we've gone to therapy and figured it out, and and we're we're much much closer now. But you know, I'd already gone to therapy and I'd already figured it out with her, and so I feared so much that Esme was going to be me, and that she would ruin the relationship that she shared with her sister. That it you know it just ignited me to this place of fear, and so I was bringing all that baggage right into my parenting, just like almost like a direct line, and it 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 was really hard. And because I had two girls and my sister and I are two girls, it was like the perfect storm to be the bad recipe. I don't think it's a natural tendency to just want to totally dominate your younger sibling. My guess would be that that did come from shame and your own, you know, fear around the situation. I think your parents must have let you know very clearly that they didn't think the way you were acting was okay. And maybe they turned a blind eye to it. But at some point you, you got the message. Yeah. You were shameful. You were, you know, you weren't feeling great about yourself or you wouldn't have acted like that. Yeah. I think my dad came down really hard on me and was very punitive. And so I just, I learned that. I learned how to be punitive. I learned how to get what I wanted um, by using fear and by using, you know, punishment, so to speak. Again, like Esme was playing out her relationship with me on Pia, I was playing out the relationship I shared with my dad on my sister. And I don't want to say I didn't know any better, but I was in a really bad place. Yeah. You know, that wasn't the healthy, happy side of you that was acting that way. No, it certainly wasn't. I was dysregulated and having a really tough time in my own relationships in my nuclear family, the other ones. And my poor sister ended up being the, you know, fallout from that. Yeah. And I think that's a very typical dynamic that I hear a lot about. For me, it was my oldest sister, but she, I know for sure, had a lot of rage and fear and my parents could not handle that at all. They weren't punitive per se, but they could not handle the feelings. So they let her know quite clearly through their words and actions that that wasn't acceptable. And so she had to hold it in and act it out in all these other ways and gain control of herself by gaining control of us. And, you know, it was a very disruptive situation at home. But I also weirdly related to her, especially when it was a younger one, younger than me. And yeah, it uh, defined her whole life, really, 
as a very intense personality, but like brilliant, creative, all these things. Um, and she eventually chose to become estranged from the family. When I had my daughter and then a second one, and I, my daughter is quite intense, my oldest one, reminded me a lot of my older sister in positive ways. And I was ready for her to have a hard time with the next one because I wasn't going to let that happen. <laughs> and I knew enough then about emotions and what causes behavior, you know, what children go through. And so I took a lot of care to like give her the boundaries for sure, but help her find acceptable ways to share with me, for her to feel seen by me, empathized with. I think too, what you say about your sister, how she was kind of estranged from the family. I hear that a lot online. I, a lot of people share that, you know, they don't, they, they can't be part of their family because they've been, you know, labeled, you know, villain or the, the bad one. And they have a hard time coming back into that role as adults and that it's, it's very painful. And I guess it's the labeling that causes the punishing, but then the punishing, you know, continues the behavior. Yeah, it does. But the great news is there's all this education out there for parents, and I'm sure it's totally overwhelming. Yeah. But I think, too, like on the positive note, I know now, like I have my daughters are 14 and 17, and the relationships that I have with them is like it's a dream. It's what I wanted, right? It's what I wished I would have had as a kid. And it's such a beautiful thing when you can get there having these good connected relationships where your kids feel safe to share with you and where you don't, you still have ups and downs and hard moments and big feelings and all that stuff, but it just, it feels good. And so I know if, you know, anyone out there, if you just try to get rid of the punishments and infuse some connection pieces that you will, you can get there too. Can you talk about what's different about your relationship with your children than what you had with your parents? I mean, my kids, I don't think they tell me everything. <laughs> Maybe I'm delusional. I think I think they probably don't share everything with me, but we share most things with one another. And I know they feel safe coming to me no matter what. When anything goes wrong and they're having a hard time, they come straight to me and it can be anything. And I know they feel safe. And I never felt that way when I was growing up. I didn't feel safe to go to my parents. I lied. I snuck out. I I did all, all of the things that, you know, kids who are scared of their parents do. And so that safety and that trust is, it's kind of, it's beautiful. Yeah, I feel something very similar to that, that I didn't tell my parents much at all. And I was afraid to, and I thought I'd be judged for, you know, most of the way I was living my life as a young adult, for sure. And way before that, I mean, I think I got the message when my little sister was born that, you know, I have bad sides to me and I can't trust myself entirely. And I'm afraid of how I'm going to be seen by them. And, and yeah, my oldest told me the other day, or she was telling somebody else that was over, my mom gives great advice. And it made me feel like a million dollars. That's so sweet. The sharing is unbelievably different from what I had. And the feeling that, you know, if things go wrong between us, that it's not going to be the end of anything. You know, there's no threat that I felt with, you know, my my mother for sure, that there was a threat of she was just going to turn away from me forever if I asserted myself in a negative way towards her, like if I asserted feelings that were not positive. And 
You know, it's interesting. It's taken me a long time to like even realize all the things, you know, because I didn't have some really harsh upbringing or anything. I had a lot of love and loved my parents all the way through and just more things come to light as you go along in life. And I don't know, it's interesting. Yeah. When Esme turned 12 and I was doing this work, I was like, this isn't working anymore. She is out of her mind and I'm going to have to go back to punishments because this isn't working. And I remember talking to my listening partner and she was like, no, just stick with it. Just stick with it. And I kept thinking for that whole year, what if I get to the end of this road here with this kid and this stuff doesn't work? I'm really going to be upset. And now like getting to the, you know, kind of the end, she's almost 18. I feel like, God, thank God I stuck through all of that because there are hard moments. It's not always easy, but it works. It does work. Was she doing a lot of rejection of mom things? Yeah. I mean, that's very, but that's, that's definitely girls with their moms um, in those adolescent years, totally. And I think it's very healthy and, you know, it's the toddler saying no all over again. Um, Oh yeah. She was all in her will. That was for sure. And that's how they grow more separate from us and more autonomous is I have to reject everything you are to be able to be myself. But it is kind of shocking. I remember that. And then I remember it for my daughter, the older one, it was 14 to 16, like on the clock, like she had turned 16, all of a sudden she liked me again. (laughs) They come back. I was like, oh my gosh, you came back. Thank goodness. I was waiting. Yeah. You got to stick with it. But it is, it is scary sometimes. Can we trust? Yep. And I get that a lot from parents and I really get it. Like, how is my child going to learn that they shouldn't do these things? Because you're helping them not do them. Yeah. We believe the punishments will teach them right from wrong, which they really don't. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad that you found another way and that you are doing this amazing work helping parents find another way. Without people like you and Patty, none of us would be doing this. So thank you to you. I love this, you know, it's like, cause I know it's, it's like trying to sell something that, you know, works. So you're not trying to sell it. You're just sharing it. You're just passing it on what was passed to you that, you know, saved your skin. We keep going. We keep going. All right. Well, you're wonderful. And thank Thank you. you. Okay. Thank you. Take care. You too. Bye. Bye. You can check out Michelle's book, Unpunished, along with her courses and other offerings at peaceandparentingla.com. And please check out some of my other podcasts on my website, JanetLansbury.com. They're all indexed by subject and category, so you should be able to find whatever topic you might be interested in. And my books are available in paperback and on audio, No Bad Kids, Toddler Discipline Without Shame, and Elevating Child Care, A Guide to Respectful Parenting. You can find them through my website or on audible.com. And uh, you can also get them in paperback at Amazon and an ebook at Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and apple.com. Thanks so much for listening. We can do this. If you like Unruffled, you can listen ad free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com slash survey. If you travel for work, you know to pack two suits, business and swim. 
You know with your Delta SkyMiles Business Amex card, buying that plane ticket for a business trip can get you closer to medallion status. You know that a meeting in Montana means visiting almost every national park. Yellowstone? Check. Because you're the chief excursion officer. It's why you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum Business American Express card member. If you travel, you know. Terms apply. Visit go.amex slash you know business.